Life hacked by uh, Wired Magazine. No, sh- <laughs> I like the, the little voice crack there, betraying, betraying how how much is at stake right now. <laughs> Nothing's at stake. It's just a life hack. I just okay. called into Wired Magazine. I'm hoping to speak to the CEO and, and put in your story. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Ten, are you ten cents a word? Honestly, are, it's a discount. Are you the CEO of Wired Magazine? Yeah, actually. Okay, yeah. I'd like to submit a, a a a life hack. It's amazing. You'd think we'd have listeners with my kind of reputation in the industry. Yeah, but it's pretty niche these days, Wired Magazine. Um, Magazines in general. Yeah, trust yeah. me. I'm living off ramen at the point at this point. I know, but it's really fancy vegan ramen from down the street, so mm. I think you're doing all right. Bodega ramen, yeah. <laughs> I love those that are, bodega ramen. Slurp, are, slurp. Okay. They're, you and I are describing different things. <laughs> I have a life hack. Yeah, please. Um, so you know how, uh, everybody wants to look. Shit. Oh, okay. Well, if my skin's here to talk, then. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. No, it's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. You got something else to do? No, it's okay. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I mean, if you're watching a YouTube video, literally, I, as I'm speaking to you, I then I'm okay. It for li- just please. Okay. I mean, you're still looking at it. So I, I, I was just double tap. I was multitasking. Yeah, I see that. It's just like sometimes when people <laughs> talk. To each other, they kind of look no. in the direction of that person instead of directly at the YouTube video on their phone. I got your soul in my sights. <laughs> Yikes. I feel like there's a lot of pressure to um to have nice decor as we reopen our homes to uh, our friends. Our, our you know? close friends. Yeah. Our close friends only, mm, not yeah. to strangers. Maybe never again. I don't know. Maybe not. Not missing um, anything. Unless it's on the internet, you know? There's a lot, there's just, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to have a nice aesthetic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I just thought that Wired Magazine could help people out with that because the other thing that I noticed is that you could kill two birds with one stone by just wanting to have this particular aesthetic and also shopping at your local organic grocery store because then you can just cut up those milkadamia packages and hang that right on the wall. <laughs> Like flat, yeah. Or like a, like a. I a, mean, I would suggest that you cut the brand out. Oh, okay. And just keep the the macadamia plant, a beautiful oh. outline. So it'd be and like then, a, like a pineapple wallpaper, except it'd be the the macadamia plant. I mean, you're you're really getting out there. I was thinking you could just hang it up like a, in a frame, like a picture. Oh, okay. but it's not a picture. It's okay. your macadamia carton that you snipped up with a pair of scissors. Okay, so it's life hacked by Wired Magazine. Right. So basically, the life hack is freeganism, but for interior decor. Yes. Okay. Yes. So trash so, decor. Yeah. I guess you could actually, never mind, you don't have to shop. You're right. Better life hack by Wired Magazine. Mm-hmm. Steal other people's trash and hang it on your walls. But only your fancy friends that eat, yeah, that yeah. eat Whole Foods. Dog walk yeah. in a Whole Foods neighborhood. And then Boom. Decor. Is that the... So here's Minimalist the th- plant decor. I think you're onto something. Because Fuck it, finally, finally, yeah. oh, it took it took a while. 
because here, but see, because we always we're always complaining, right? That that their shit's too expensive because it's all aesthetic. It's all aesthetic. It's no all product. aesthetic. So steal the aesthetic and put it on your wall. So what if? Yeah, but even if you shop there now, you're getting two for one for everything you get. Now everything you get is multifunctional. Not you eat the goods. Nom nom nom. And then you've got free decor that was designed by a great graphic designer who was wildly underpaid. I imagine wildly underpaid, probably overqualified. Yeah. And and now so you're getting you're getting two uses out of everything. Everything. And even if you're if I mean look if you're up on composting and you've got a chemical toilet, you're maybe even rocking three uses. So everything's happening. Everything is happening. I think I think you've struck gold. Now how do we market this? I mean we don't have to mark what it's Facebook? Just a, it's a life hack. Where's it gonna spread? Wired magazine? Nobody reads Wired magazine. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just went through that. Shit. Damn it. <laughs> We well, gotta, this was my plan, so I guess it's really on you from here. Like, I know I'm the CEO and I shouldn't say things like that, but nobody reads that. Nobody reads that horse shit. I guess we should put it on our podcast then. The next time, the, the last time one of my employees brought me some copy and they were like, hey, I worked all weekend on this. I think I think this is really going to like turn things. I think this is going to turn the boat around and we're yeah. going to we're going to hit the green for once. Once. Yeah. One time we're going to hit the green boss. I looked Good at on. it and I said, Nobody reads this horse shit anyway. I gave it back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic, the internet's first curated volume of other people's <laughs> opinions. I'm Jess. And I'm extremely tired. No, it's just extremely tired. Do you know, do you know, you know what happened? What happened? Well, I watched three hours of Squid Game, yeah. <laughs> Thought I'd try an episode at 11 p.m. turned into three. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time. It quickly multiplied. <laughs> and then it was 2 a.m. and I thought I was gonna die. Yikes. Let's do it. Let's fuck. Let's y- party. Let's pop. I'm going first this week, my love. Um what uh what you got for us later in the shoe? Yeah, so um you remember how I said earlier that we'd pretty much done all the restaurants that were at one point featured on Kitchen Nightmares and are still open? Oh, God. Because there's only so many of them. Oh, God in heaven. Remember when I said we'd done all of them? Oh, Jesus Christ. We're doing a restaurant that was featured on Kitchen Nightmares, and it's still open. Okay. We're doing the Lost episode. For those of you who aren't... Oh, shit! Mm-hmm. So, uh, listeners who aren't massive Kitchen Nightmares aficionados as I am, uh, won't know that there is a Lost episode of Kitchen Nightmares that no longer airs, it no longer re-airs, you don't see clips of it online very much. Uh, because the they got sued by the restaurant owners twice, uh, and uh, the only place you can watch this episode is on a Chinese streaming service, where uh, half the screen is taken up by a live chat that scrolls past throughout the entire episode. Uh, it's, Worth it. It's a fucking experience. It's also probably their wildest episode. It's by far their like roughest and wildest, other than Amy's Baking Company, obviously. Obviously, which doesn't even really count as an episode of Kitchen Nightmares. It's like a weird social experiment. Uh, anyway, uh, the restaurant's called Oceana Grill in New Orleans. We'll we'll, cir- we'll circle back on that. <laughs> oh right, yeah, because because <laughs> now it's your turn. Yeah, I it was a big lead up, and I was just like, I was like, okay, let's go. Oh no, it's me first. Oh, it's me. Okay, hi. Hey. Hey. How's it going? You doing all right? You hanging in there? A little tired, but you know. <laughs> Did you watch Squid Game last night? I didn't. Oh fuck! No, I, I went to bed at like eleven, and I woke up at nine o'clock, and somehow still tired. You know how we did the book nook like two weeks ago? Yeah. And like we did the book nook like two weeks before that. Yeah. 
Guess what? Mm, we're not going to do it because it's been too soon. No, I'm oh, the okay. boss of this garage. We're going to go to the belligerent <laughs> bibliophobes book nook. Okay. I was just going with this. I mean, you laid out a pretty clear argument. I was just going, you know, statistically. Statistically, I feel like it's time for another book nook. Okay. Yeah. Now let's do it. It's, I, haven't, it's I haven't peaked yet. But it's by far our most successful segment. So let's um, get right into it. Let's not waste any time. Here's the thing. Uh-huh. Our listeners are really cool. And mm. listener Christopher emailed me and said, hey, Jess. It, with a voice crack, just like that, mm-hmm. in the email. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's important. What would happen if you looked at reviews for a famous Steven Spielberg movie books, like Jaws? Or Jurassic Park. Or Jurassic Park. So, i.e., what if you read reviews for Michael Crichton books? Well, no. Jaws is by Peter Benchley. Who gives a fuck? Well, people on Amazon.com, <laughs> oh, let's check in. <laughs> Peter Benchley. Peter Benchley. See, here's what had happened. Here's what had happened. Way back in 1974, Peter Benchley wrote a book uh-huh. about a shark and yeah. called it Jaws. Uh-huh. And then a year later in 1975, filmmaker Steven Spielberg said, I'm going to make this into a big time movie with Richard Dreyfus. Uh-huh. And the person who played Chief Brody, who was also famous. Ostensibly, yeah. And the person who played Quint, who was also famous, whose names I don't recall. But we all remember Richard Dreyfuss was there and that one drunk sailor who was genuinely just a drunk sailor. That was Quint. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Who's the main character name? Chief Brody. Oh, that's Chief Brody. I don't remember who played Chief Brody, but he did a great, damn good job. I thought Chief Brody was the one that like, was like, you can't shut the beach down. I like money. You know, no, that, that was that the mayor. Cl- of, Huckleberry. Oh, okay. No, that was the mayor of Amity. Oh, I thought it was a police. Yeah. Guy. Oh, no, okay. the police guy was the guy that was like, "This beach tastes like shark." And I looked at this. Be- I tasted the sand on this beach, and it said, mm-hmm, "Gonna be another shark attack there, mayor." Tastes and the like mayor shark said, this morning. "No, it's summertime. Play the Beach Boys." Um, but I don't know why that sounded like Porky Pig because they're from New York. But you know, anyway. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere, Legolas looked at a red sunrise and was like. A tourist has been eaten in the East. <laughs> yeah, basically is what happened. Um, so then that was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, you uh, Ostensibly, Amazon is here to sell you books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and once you get a book, you're supposed to talk about it. Like, that's the point of books, right? You read a book and then you talk about that book. In a group of people of your age. Yeah, sure. Hmm. No, on the internet to strangers. Oh, okay. Um, most of the reviews I'm going to read you about Jaws are from listener Christopher. Who knocked it out of the fucking park? Uh, I just awesome. Good job. Um, so we're gonna st- we're gonna start. We're really gonna set the stage for the differences between book and movie, book and one of the greatest summer blockbusters of our time. <laughs> Alex P has a three star review. Jaws or the Amity Affair? Question mark. Question mark. Okay. Jaws. Uh huh. I am sure we have all heard about this shark more times than we can remember. So I don't think any sort of plot rehash is necessary. What to say about this? I enjoyed the scenery, details, and the description of some of the shark attacks, etc. There were some great scenes early on. I could really see myself getting scared of Jaws in a different way while reading this. But that was part one of the book, which is split into a total of three parts. Uh-huh. That's a little parenthetical from Alex. Okay, thank you. But, as a friend said in a chat the other night, this book should have been called The Amity Affair. 
too much of this book is about an adulterous relationship. I read this book for sharks. Although he is, although he is consistently referred to as the fish throughout most of the book. Another little parenthetical from Alex. Uh-huh. There was not enough bite in this book for me. Uh-huh, okay. Mm-hmm. Thank the water lords that we have the brilliant mind of Spielberg and Williams to bring oh, this God. book to the big screen. The sights and music are two of the things that make Jaws Jaws. While I don't expect <laughs> While I didn't expect that same feeling while reading the book, I did expect more shark and less extramarital affair. <laughs> discussion seriously dot 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 it's at least one third of the book if not more anyway dot 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 three stars for me on this one that's so typical of a fucking book right one like so two-thirds of that book is just pork and yeah because well, <laughs> clearly it's some kind of metaphor right like you're because you're do, you're being all sinful with your sex and then also like you know there's a shark eating people in the water and it comes for you and it goes dun 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 it's like a metaphor for you know fucking yeah, around for fucking around okay it's like some kind of complicated book horse shit and that's why that's why that's i agree <laughs> i think the move the movie broke it down where we needed to break it down let's skip all that stuff and just stick to the blood and the explosions which we always need more of always is there any kind of... I don't think there's any kind of relationship in the movie, is there? I mean, uh, Chief Brody is like happily married to his wife. Oh, yeah. They have a child. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. I, I, I guess that counts. As a rela- yeah, as a relationship? As like a romance subplot. Yeah, yeah the, ma- the the sort of steady maintenance of a marriage. Yeah, I the think... The sort of ambient coolness amb- of a marriage. Ambient maintenance of a marriage yeah. with a wife and child. I think there's a wife and child. I don't know. I have, I, I have watched it. I guess I've watched it like four... Four years ago? I don't know. I would call that a B-plot. A B-plot has a B-plot? Okay. The passive stability, yeah, sure. Um, Evidently in the book, mm-hmm. the wife is fucking everything that moves. Oh, okay. Maybe the shark. So I'm, I'm just saying, I think it's a, I think it's a misogynist metaphor. Mm. I think the shark is a metaphor of, you know. But okay. Fuck sleeping around. So f- fuck sleeping around? Okay. <laughs> yeah. As opposed to just lying in bed next to another person. Yeah. Bryn has a four-star review. <laughs> the ending. Mm. Period. This was a fantastic book that still frightens me after reading it two years ago. The ending haunts me still. Nothing like you'd expect. Clearly, clearly, you saw the movie before you read the book. I just have a hunch. You're going to hate Matt Hooper. Richard Dreyfuss's character in the book, which is why I gave this book four stars. I loved the character in the movie. Is this review based off emotion? Yeah, maybe, maybe a little, whatever. Read this book. Shut up. Go away. Isn't isn't Richard Dreyfuss's character the one that like you, you sort of spend the whole movie wondering why that because he's not the main character. He, yeah, he's like the... He's like a nerdy scientist guy, yeah. if I recall correctly. Yeah. But he never really like... I don't recall that he ever really does anything. He's just sort of there. He's there to study the shark. Right. But like his, but if you cut his role in the plot and it was just a tense movie where a, a cop and a drunk and, and a genuine just drunk sailor that they pulled in from a ship yeah. and put in a movie. Yeah. If it was just those two sort of hashing out their differences and figuring out that they have more in common than they do different. <laughs> I don't think I, I think it would be essentially the same film. I don't think so because and I and I and I brought this I Christopher sent us this review and I wanted to bring it because I genuinely remember 
the end of the film uh-huh. or near the end of the film or at least the part in the film when a, a bunch of shit's happened mm. and Brody and Hooper are cl- like clinging in the water to the same flotation device. All I remember is desperately wanting them to kiss. <laughs> Like, that was my takeaway. Like, it was a heated moment, and had one of them, had it not been 1975, um, or one of them had been female, they would have been making out, despite the fact that they were floating, clinging to a piece of wood in the ocean. Um, And the fact that they don't at any point kiss, I feel like, was the problem. So I think maybe we needed more extramarital snogging in the film. I was just about to say, then we'd be closer to the book anyway. Exactly. At least in, at least in name. So I like, I too was disappointed in the ending brand, but not maybe in the way that most people were. (laughs) Um, I want them to just fuck right on the flotation device. There's not enough room, Jack. Um, (laughs) Steve has a one-star review. And here, I genuinely couldn't remember if, if Richard Drives' character lived or died. <laughs> no fucking idea. Didn't really care, frankly. Honestly, I can't remember if anything <laughs> happens after that point in the movie, but at some point, they're on the same flotation device. Yeah, and yeah. I don't remember whether or not I said it out loud in the living room that I was watching the movie with your dad in, <laughs> but I definitely wanted them to kiss. Uh, uh, we all felt it, though. Steve has a one-star review. Amazingly awful book. I saw Jaws 40 plus years ago as a teenager, but never read the book until now. Okay. Thanks God I saw the movie first. (laughs) This is the greatest fish movie ever, but in the book, the first harpoon does not enter the shark until 98% of the book is over. This is no joke. Instead, the book is filled with marital affairs, gangsters, and real estate discussion. (laughs) Gangsters? Mm Mm-hmm. Awful, awful, awful. Spielberg is a genius for make a classic from this rough, misguided tabloid novel. Save yourself. Just watch the movie. So not just fucking. Fucking gangsters and real estate. Real estate. I mean, because that's... Amazon customer follows that up with a one-star review. Vapid. Terrible. Why was the mafia involved? What was the, with the cheating wife? Why did they kill the cat? Why was there little whoa. to no shark? Whoa, whoa, they kill a cat? They kill a cat. The, the shark doesn't kill it? I don't know. I haven't read the book, Peter Benchley. If it's, if it's a life or death, like we need some chum right now situation, oh, now that's good fiction. But if a cat's just dying sort of as part of a C plot. Yeah, no, it's part of the B plot of the extramarital affair. Somehow. I mean, but to be fair, chapter 13, Mittens Needs Emergency Surgery, is my favorite chapter. <laughs> like, R- Richard Dreyfus has just found out that his wife is fucking around on him. and Richard suddenly- Dreyfus is the one that's fucking. <laughs> Not... No, Richard Dreyfus is the cutesy noodle scientist who has come to visit and to fuck your wife. I didn't hear any of the sentences you just said. And... <laughs> <laughs> And then suddenly, oh no, Mittens in the middle of the night needs surgery and doesn't make it. And doesn't make it. And at no point is a shark mentioned or any of the other plots. It's a, it's a purely isolated chapter. Yeah. It's actually an excerpt from a book that was supposed to be just about Mittens. Yeah. It was supposed to be cut. They accidentally left it in. <laughs> Two pages of Peter Benchley's <laughs> Mittens, the memoir. Yeah. Well, it was, it, the original draft of the book was called Pause. Interesting that you would say that. 
More Human Than Human has a three-star review. Oh, God. Movie is better. The movie is a lot better. Not a huge shocker, as Jaws is one of the greatest summer blockbusters of all time, but it still needs to be said. There are too many subplots that take us too far from the sea and not enough shark. So it didn't really like the chapters on mittens. I don't think. <laughs> Some of the characters, namely Quint, are much better in the movie than they are in the book. That said, there are much worse books out there for fans of the movie may enjoy comparing the differences between the two. The most entertaining part of the book for me was the section with all the titles Benchley was playing around. <laughs> Imagine a world where Jaws was, what have we done? Or, <laughs> why? <laughs> or, the ungainly, Jaws of Despair Terror. Wow. So no, the original draft of the book was, what have we done? What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> in, in what regard? Jaws isn't like a fucking Godzilla nuclear accident. It's just a shark. What have we done? What do you mean, what have we done? We Is that about the extramarital affair? No, it's about the real estate. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a I poltergeist mean, thing. It is a, bu- it is a bubble. Um, and bubbles aren't, you know. Yeah. Um, Unless they're underwater, in which case your breath meter goes up. And that's but good. that's always nice. But not if it's a real estate bubble. Or not if you're a shark. Hania has a one-star review. This is our last one. One more disappointment with this fucking book. Oh, God. Use of profanity. Oh, no. Not fit for reading. Packed with profanity. Dot, dot, dot. Four-letter words. Oh, no. Like shit? Degrading literature. Dot, dot, dot. I definitely don't recommend it. Wow. Um, this review is from 2020. That's the, not good. The book did come out in 1974. Yeah, well, and it is a book where a shark eats people and kills them. And a cat dies. Yeah. Um, and what I would like to say is, Hattie, I think you're maybe late to the party. Yeah. You remember when uh, that movie Cloverfield came out? Uh-huh. And it was a handicap movie about people in, about New Yorkers. About, okay, let's, yeah, let's actually dial in even further. About New Yorkers. Running away from a massive monster, uh-huh. and it's handicam, so it's all you know. It's first person, it's supposed to be raw. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be like a like a Vice expose. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was rated PG thirteen. So they got to say fuck once. They got to say fuck once as their uh, beloved Statue of Liberty was decapitated. But they could say shit a lot, right? They could say shit a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like not a lot, a lot, but, but like, like some, some. And I just always thought that was pretty fucking dumb <laughs> <laughs> as as because uh, as a teenager i i followed the arg obsessively yeah it wasn't a good movie of a bit of a shit bit of a disappointment but uh, you know i was super into it and when they announced that it was pg-13 before the movie even came out i was like oh god this is gonna suck isn't it this is gonna be a bad time huh oh fuck and <laughs> um, you know what's a good time <laughs> Kitchen nightmares. Kitchen nightmares. Still is, baby. Still on that grind every now and then. When when life gets me down, kitchen nightmares turns my frown upside down. Um, so we're gonna be looking at reviews for Oceana Grill. This is in New Orleans. Uh, again, this is a lost episode. The only place you can watch it right now, as far as I know, is a Chinese video streaming service. It is eminently watchable. Not a lot of lag, even. So if you want to find it, you can. And I will just reiterate, it is the most fucking insane episode probably there is other than amy and you've seen it i showed it's, it to you yeah it's pretty bananas it's pretty fucking gross uh 
And uh, uh, Fox and Kitchen Nightmares got sued twice for misrepresenting the restaurant. Uh, the first time they got sued, they lost. The show lost. So they stopped airing the episodes completely. And then they got sued again because a British Kitchen Nightmares uh, social media account uh, shared, after the lawsuit, shared a clip from the episode and further derided the restaurant, prompting a second lawsuit, which was also a loss for Kitchen Nightmares. Oh, God. <laughs> so they lost two lawsuits about this fucking restaurant, <laughs> which is still open. Uh, they have 7,000 reviews on Yelp, 12,000 reviews on Google. I don't remember how many on TripAdvisor, but it's in the thousands. Uh, they got a four-star average on Yelp. And because it's a lost episode, hardly anyone mentions Kitchen Nightmares. So the whole thing is fucking interesting. Just, probably just to me, but whatever. We got a five-star review here. It's a review from Bruce K. Oceana Grill ended up being our fan... Oh, oh, sorry. Bruce is a Yelp Elite user. Oh, and by the way, this uh, this place is in the French Quarter. It's like dead smack in the fucking French Quarter. This is like a major establishment. That's why they have so many reviews. Oh, wow. Okay. Oceana Grill ended up being our fancy dinner when we got into New Orleans. A brief wait in front was well organized. As soon as our waiter told us what the specials were, I didn't have to look at the menu anymore. We also got a hurricane. A double, and it was pretty strong. Main course was called Redfish Vulcare. A big piece, of, I probably fucked that up. A big piece of blackened redfish with sauteed shrimp and a crab cake, all topped with a tasty sauce. It was, ab- it was absurdly delicious. I polished the plate. This is 11 months ago, so not, not the most fun to watch somebody lick a plate. Uh, yes, this time we're having dessert. Their famous bread pudding, which has a sweet praline and rum sauce. It was excellent. Not cheap, but inexpensive. What? Uh, no, those are synonyms. <laughs> and very good. I would definitely come back to this one. And then in brackets, round number review, 14,200 overall, 1,522 of 2020. Wow. And that's the part I wanted to dial into. Not so much the review. though wow. it, it, it does set the scene, but I just wanted to dig into, you know, writing over 1,500 reviews in a year where most of us didn't go anywhere didn't go anywhere that's um it's it's like four reviews a day where were you what how were you (laughs) what the fuck what the holy fuck like let's step back and do the math why were you in new orleans visiting in 2020 well i don't think i doubt that those were all i doubt that they reviewed 1500 places in new orleans but i think anywhere i yeah i mean yeah but it's just like in a place that you but also 11 months ago why were you why were you like hitting up the french quarter yeah it's fair yeah. it's valid yeah that's um that's intense five stars from annie k annie k has 677 reviews but it's not a yelp elite got gotta gotta fuck the right people i guess <laughs> five star <laughs> <laughs> this is where a uh, bold claim this is oh fuck it who cares this is where my love for char grilled oysters was born oh, i yes i'm so glad we figured it out uh, <laughs> i've only had raw oysters in my life before tasting these char grilled oysters and i guess if there's a first time to try a char grilled oyster it might as well be in Orleans. holy of all things one of my favorite delicacies i've ever eaten Buttery, cheesy, warm, juicy, garlicky, salty, tender, lemony, sweet. It's like an ocean of flavors exploding in your mouth. Yeah, but what's the ABV? (laughs) 
Yeah, you better believe that I literally licked the sauce from every crevice of the shells. This oh. was from four months ago. No, don't get out of there. Could care- get out of there. Stop that. And we're circling back. Could care less who was watching. Maybe having a few hurricanes helped with that as well. Oh, good God. This, <laughs> this place specializes in Creole and Louisiana cuisine, which means everything is packed with lots of flavor. As you oppo- just you like you just don't normally have that. Normally, <laughs> you don't taste flavors. Unlike every other cuisine, which likes it bland. Yeah, what the fuck? Set in a vibrant and fun environment located in the heart of the French Quarter, live entertainment included as well. When a drunk guy came over to the window and peed right in front of our table, there's no place like New Orleans. On your table? Right in front of the table. What in the restaurant? No, outside. A drunk guy came up out. It was probably, I think they have like those big windows, you know, they got like yeah. big bay windows. So, so a drunk uh, guy okay. came up to their big bay window and pissed right in front of them. Okay. It was probably even open. So it was basically like you, you get to eat to the sonic pleasure of a nice water feature. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. And, and then smell mostly digested Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to guess. Or whatever. Or whatever. Not everybody had a great time watching people piss. What? Yeah, not everybody was invited to the pee party. Three stars from Sue S. Sue S is a Yelp Elite user, but has fewer reviews. So fuck the right people. (laughs) (laughs) So, funny story. This is Sue now? This is Sue, and it's a three-star review. I can't stress that enough. You're channeling Sue now? Mm. Okay. So, funny story. And I want you to tell me if this story's funny or not. My sister wanted to come here because she was hungry after taking an afternoon nap. It was 9 p.m. Lol. She found this place online and she wanted to come here, but I was at a bar with my sorority sister, so I came afterwards. She was still in line. By this time, I walked slash ran to the restaurant, which made my stomach not happy after having an open bar with bad alcohol. I wasn't drunk at all, but by the time... (laughs) Okay... I wasn't drunk at all, but by the time my sister and I were getting seated, I guess it hit me all at once, and I became very nauseous and threw up right then and there, inside. Past the bar area, where we were about to sit. Parentheses, next to the bathroom hallway. Yuck. <laughs> Yucky. I, well, we all appreciate that Sue gave us the exact coordinates of where the, of where the vom hit the ground. In case it's still there. Let the um, vom hit the ground, yeah. I mean... Um. Uh, and, and I love that we and we do learn that it's next to the bathroom hallway. So yeah, it was, so you almost made it. You Sue. almost made it, Sue. Um, Sue, this isn't a funny story. <laughs> well, it's funny because Sue wasn't drunk at all. It's it's the dramatic irony. What's funny is that Sue's sister was seemingly in long line for a long time, and yet you decided to run. You ran, yeah, you, you had an open bar, ran, showed up, and then vomited in public in front of everybody. I feel like, Sue, it's okay to admit when you've had too much. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to run places. Um, and then Sue proceeded to review the food based on, uh, based on the sister's opinion because they did not eat. Wow. Yelp Elite. One star. This is on Google. Gotta fuck the right people, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> One star from Callie. This is on Google again, yeah. I can't stress this enough. Not everybody had a good time. Evidently not. Staff was friendly and atmosphere was great. I'm a vegetarian. Uh-oh. Not one of them. 
And although they had a very small amount of things I could choose from, I chose the spinach ravioli with their marinara sauce. Towards the end of my meal, I found a large piece of chicken in the bottom of my bowl. The sauce was very thick, and I noticed small pieces of it were in the rest of my food. I felt awful for have possibly eating it. I actually have pet chickens. <laughs> I love that for you, but that's not the reason that we don't eat things. I actually have pet chickens, so this especially broke my heart. I politely told our waitress to ask if I had mistakenly ordered something with chicken in it. Since it was on the vegetarian menu, she assured me I hadn't, and she said she was sorry, and said she wanted to show the manager. He was really rude about it, making me feel as though I had done something wrong. (laughs) He made a point to tell me, quote, if this is true, he'd have to dump out the whole pot. He was just trying to get me to say it wasn't, but I showed him that no one at my table had even ordered chicken. He huffed and puffed about it. My husband, who was upset for me... Yeah. But the, the chickens aren't his, so, you know, he's yeah, not, he doesn't have the personal stakes. Not a vegetarian. He'll eat a chicken all day. Does it, does your, does you, does it, do you feel bad watching your husband eat chicken? <laughs> like, I just, like, if your reason, if your reason for not eating the chicken is because you have pet chickens, and you've spoken about your spouse as though they uh, do not share your dietary habits. <laughs> like, then don't, don't you feel bad watching them eat it too? Ah, you know, it's a personal journey. It's a personal choice. But not not if your reason is I have a pet chicken. <laughs> I mean, I... <laughs> not if that's your only reason. It's the reason I don't eat a uh, cat. You have got to stop. Keep reading the review. That's good. They, they comped a cocktail. Oh, well, that's nice. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Sorry you had to eat meat. Don't know how long uh, you've gone without doing that. Hope your digestive system's okay. Here's some alcohol. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry you ate your uh, your best friend's cousin. Yeah. Sorry you ate your pet cat. Can you have <laughs> some alcohol? Maybe that'll help. If your life is a fucking mess. Crest. Send us a mail on the Pony Express. Is the brand I use on my teeth. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) No? Yes. Oh, you too? Yeah, I mean, we are married. So? We use the same toothpaste. What? That's what it means to be married. No. Yeah. You don't have your own? No, we use the same toothpaste. Fucking that one's mine. Nope. The fuck? I I get you your own. No, you don't. It's in the thing. Just look under the sink. I buy the twin packs. You can have your own. Nope. Well, it would still be the same brand if you bought the twin pack. Yeah, but that way I can squeeze that one the way I want to. I have given up re-squeezing our toothpaste appropriately. Because sometimes instead of dropping the toothpaste from a safe, a a germ-safe distance, I like to just rub the end of the bottle directly against my toothbrush to really get it in there. Um. Listener Benoit, listener Ben, um, been a while, and it's really good to hear from you. Um, sent in some very interesting information I would like to share with you. I like that nickname, Benoit, been a while. <laughs> I just was excited about it. I was excited about your email. Um, so did you know, my love, uh-huh. light of my life, uh-huh. did you know that there is an elite reviewer club on Amazon? No. Like there is on Yelp? Mm-hmm. But with more perks. Ooh, I love Amazon perks. Yes. So 
It's called Vine Voice, and vendors pay Amazon to connect them to trust to trusted reviewers mm-hmm. who get their items for free. I just um, don't feel like we should be a voice. I don't like the use of the word voice there. Vine Voice. Uh, evidently, it's mostly stuff that like it's generic stuff that doesn't have a lot of reviews, like toothpaste or like Chinese cat food. Um, <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. Or copycat Chinese goods like headphones. Oh, I was about to say, are we talking about cat food made in China or or Chinese-style uh, cat Chinese, food? Chinese-style cat. It's Cantonese-style <laughs> cat food. It's like Cantonese cabbage <laughs> and beef. Just a lot of fish sauce. Yes. Yeah. Um, basically, uh, listener Ben let us know that I get to check out up to five items at a time from a two to three K. I get to check out up to five items at a time from a list of two to three K that constantly fluctuate and a personal offer list that's 20 to 50 items. I have 30 days to submit an honest review. And when I do submit the review, the items considered checked in. I already got two yoga mats, yoga blocks, an ergonomic pillow and a new desk lamp. Wow, that sounds like a good deal. It's really crazy. There's a generic list of cheaper stuff, but someone was offering me two dining chairs worth $500. I won't take it because I would need at least four to replace my current set, but it's still kind of crazy. <laughs> well, um, you just do it now, put it, put it in storage, and then eventually you're going to have a full set. Eventually. Um, and I, it's just a wild system. And listener Ben is kind enough to just break the whole, the whole thing wide open for us. I mean, I kind of want to get into it. Uh, <laughs> Isn't that crazy? As much as I hate Amazon, uh, at a at a core level, at this I, point, at this really... point, it's time to like start throwing some some serious bottles at some yeah. serious people. Yeah, is yeah. I guess what to... you would say about the whole thing. It's time to fill those bottles with something and fucking throw them. Fucking chuck them. Um. So yeah. Okay. After getting invited, mm-hmm. uh, Ben looked at the their profile, and it turns out. Quote, it turns out I had about two, 20K reviews on my 20-ish product reviews with a lot of this was helpful votes. <sighs> Fucking A. So it just, it, it's everything's a sham. Nothing matters. Uh, and that's what I thought I'd bring to the pony. Yeah. Do you want to hear a couple of reviews that Gatsby DM'd us? Yes. Hey, thanks, listener Gatsby. Hey, Gatsby you are thanks. You continue to be the best. Uh, pretty much, you know, just as a rule. Uh, uh, we got... um. We got a review for uh, Vaflower brand women's sexy hollow out jumpsuit, long sleeve buckle, mock neck, bodycon, biker short rompers, bodysuits, club wear. So wait, is it a it's romper? A, it's a sexy belt romper. It's got so um, that's what it means by hollow out. It's got under boob, yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a long sleeved bodysuit mm-hmm. that has a number of cutouts. Got a five star review here from Anonymous. I'm a guy and wanted to try it and didn't know hat size to get. So I got large fits as expected. I look damn good. I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, whoever originally posted this on Twitter then found a TikTok of possibly the person. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, so that's good. And then also, if you keep scrolling, it's just a bunch of pictures of people wearing the bodysuit. And I it's a little, it got a little distracted while you were talking earlier. I see. So yeah, thank you, Gatsby. Yeah, thanks, Gatsby. Good shit. Good shit, Gatsby. Mm, oh, and we just got some reviews for uh, from listener Bats, <gasps> which I'll save for next time. Hey, Bats. Oh, big tease. Literally got them, well, an hour ago, but whatever. 
Um, and thanks to everybody who came out to community night. It was a small little group. Had a good Love time. It. Love Play, it. Played some Jackbox. Had some fun. Uh, we'll have one in another couple of weeks. Thanks to Kevin for liking that Price is Right video I tweeted. You were you were the only one who did. Way to go, Kevin. Uh, it was late, I guess, but I still feel d- deeply forgotten and ignored. Um, <laughs> you got to let it go, babe. Nope. Nope. Gotta let it go. It hurt my soul. Hey. It hurt my pride. Hey. Uh-huh. Hey. Uh-huh. So earlier when I was talking about my topics, mm-hmm. um, you, and I was saying that I was going to do Spielberg movies based on books. Mm-hmm. I said Michael, I, I, I evoked Michael Crichton and you, he appeared. And he appeared because unfortunately I'd already said his name twice earlier. Yeah. And, uh, and we lit a, lit a candle because the dog stinks. And, yeah. And it's an and unfortunate and coincidence. Yeah. Michael, damn, Michael Crichton's in our living room. Um, so <laughs> Michael Crichton wrote a book. Uh-huh. Just the one. Nobody's yeah. ever heard of Michael Crichton, no, right? Just the no. One. Um, famous author Michael Crichton wrote a book called Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Steven Spielberg decided to do that one too. That that should also be a movie. That should also yeah. be a big time movie. Cut with cut. Sam McNeil and Laura Dern and yeah, yeah, others. And cut all cut all the cheating out of that one too. Yeah, really cut all the cheating out of that one. Uh, Jeff Goldblum's in it. Yeah, and he was the he, he was the one. He was the one. <laughs> yeah. He was the one. <laughs> and they, um, they cut it all. Damn and it! They cut it all. He doesn't kiss Richard, Richard Dreyfus either. Oh, it's a real shame. Um, so anyway, let's see what people on Amazon have to say about Jurassic Park the book. Which to which? Just so you know, uh-huh. you have to put Jurassic Park book into the search, or it will literally show you the movie Jaws before it shows you <laughs> Jurassic Park the novel. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon. I love um, that you started as a book business. Yes. Um, yes, they did. Oh. Also, just now that I'm scrolling back through the screenshots in my phone, I'm sad that you didn't reply to the three screenshots I sent you of the Ted Allen advertisement oh, I got last night. I, but I, I giggled very loudly so you'd hear me giggle. <laughs> so let's set the stage with JD. Salinger? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Glad, J- you're, glad you're still writing, buddy. <laughs> In J.D. Salinger's two-star review for <laughs> Jurassic Park the novel, what a disappointment. I gave out. I gave up at about 80%. Did Crichton write this after the movie? <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> a great question for the ages. We've all been wondering. I've read quite possibly everything this author has written, and I have to say that the characters were totally unbelievable, with zero depth and not his style. Then there is a secret island which is absolutely impossible to believe could be built. And then there is that complete computer controllability in the early 90s? And with only one IT guy in it? Nah. (laughs) Then no real security with man-eating nasty animals. No way. Then there was the Then there were the pages of fake computer programming code and screenshots. Philosophical discourse. Why do I need it in an adventure book? Okay, it is fantasy, but potentially Yeah, I, this is horseshit. But not potentially believable fantasy. Uh. At least not in my reading habit. Okay. But I mean, this was written before. This was literally written before the TSA. So the lack of security guards isn't like that crazy. It's not that crazy. 
And um, what was the other? Oh, about the yeah. Okay, so the computer. Yeah, okay. So it, it is wild that they're running everything off computers in this universe where we've brought dinosaurs back. Yes, and also about thirty years after the lunar landing ostensibly oh God. i'm not trying to take too firm a stance on whether or not that happened but i'm just saying but but, but even if they faked it computers were roundly the, involved the alleged well the alleged computer computer the alleged <laughs> lunar landing yeah, yeah. um God, i really glitched out they really didn't want me to say that no it happened with computers that was my point so it just feels like none of that is a problem i just think maybe you didn't want to like it it didn't happen that much with computers F.T. Lowe has a one-star review. Started well, but ended on a bad note. Wow, I truly do not know what to say. This book started so strong. What with its ground... what with its groundbreaking movie setting the scene for the techno thriller side of the this book, but the end, it devolved into a giant mess. Techno thriller? Techno thriller. And in the end, it evolved into a giant. It devolved mm-hmm. into a giant. And it's called. It's called Jurassic Park. It's the one where the dinosaurs get loose. It probably is supposed to do that. I think that's the idea. Mm, bit messy though, huh? It's a. The rising plot is a bit messy. A bit yeah. Messy. Sometimes things get messy when the plot in an action book escalates. Techno thriller. Uh-huh. I started out liking this book because there wasn't a stream of consciousness and it wasn't in first person. The writing was straightforward what? and clearly delivered its point. It ended with Ian Malcolm having page-long diatribes that oddly seemed like the author chastising me as I read. Lex, the young girl. So just like my favorite part in Atlas Truck. (laughs) (laughs) But it's about chaos theory. Uh, Lex sometimes talking like an adult baseball fanatic while standing in front of a dinosaur, making light of standing on a dead man's ear, screaming and crying when she can't control her cough, and being generally a deplorable terror. Dr. Grant not reacting to the situation around him, i.e. knowing raptors are in the general vicinity, but leaving Lex and Tim alone. To be fair, Sam McNeil also left Lex and Tim alone. Um, as, well as, as well as Hammond being nothing close to the genteel old man portrayed in the movies. He's truly awful. Not to mention, the book ended with a ton of inner monologue, which I can't stand because I'm smart and able to infer. <laughs> I don't need to know what character is feeling regret. Their actions make set. Uh, fucking. Their, action, their actions make set regret clear. Sigh. Unless uh-huh. I borrow another Michael Crichton book, I don't plan to actually buy another one. Ever. Okay, but you might borrow one. You might borrow one. You might borrow one from the bookstore in the airport. You might you accidentally. just decide to bypass yeah. the cash register. You might just like borrow one. You might borrow one. Yeah, and then it's really they put they put book return slots all over the airport, you know. It's, so it's really convenient when you can just walk up to any old trash can and dump it in there, and they're gonna they're gonna get that sucker right back, right back, uh, just slurp it right back up. That was a dumb review. It was a really dumb review. That's why I brought it. <laughs> okay. it, was really, it was really dumb and pointless, and it didn't actually have anything to say. Um, I mean, it's, it's rare that I'll be so simplistic, but yeah, I feel like yeah. uh, I feel like that was a dumb one. Um, do you ever do you ever read a book, get drunk, get on Amazon, and post a really raucous one star review? No, I like to have fun. I well, like to do fun stuff and like and like play video games and live my life. You should be more like Omar. Okay. Great, amazing, fantastic. One star. Uh-huh. 
I just wrote that to get your attention, but I really gave it five stars. Hey, guys, who are you commenting on the book in the one-star section? You should be talking about the book, not the printer or the cover. Yeah, I mean, you... <laughs> Jurassic Park is a great book. The way that Crichton describes the dinosaurs is so real. You feel as if you're looking at them face to face or being eaten. <laughs> sure, it get a little gruesome and should probably be read by teenagers. But it's a must read. I give this book one million stars. Um, and I can't read that not drunk. And I love it for you, Omar. Yeah, it was a, it was a really evocative review. I, I remembered early college when I, I had done very little drinking and had very low tolerance and I went to a gas station and bought two uh two tall cans of um uh uh fucking yingling <laughs> and went back to the dorm and that was I was gonna I was gonna have a me night and it was gonna be two tall cans of yingling sit laying in bed watching Breaking Bad on my laptop. And about halfway through the Breaking Bad episode, I noticed that I was like pretty drunk. <laughs> it was just every time something mildly shocking happened, muttering to myself, oh, fuck me. <laughs> fuck me. This is a good show. It's, and that review took me right back. <laughs> what are you doing in the one star section? It was a real nostalgia trip. I love that. Um, so I was scrolling down this Amazon. I was strolling doing right little, on do, down this do, Amazon. Doom road. scrolling? Yeah, sure. Doing a little doom scrolling in the Amazon uh, review section like I like to do. And then something happened to me. Uh-huh. I came across Leela's review from 2001. Okay. One star. Plotless wonder. Several years ago, I went with friends to see the movie Speed. I was very impressed with the plot, which was as follows. <laughs> There's a bomb on a bus. Yeah. The bus goes fast. Uh-huh. People shriek. This yep. continues for two hours. Fans okay. of mm-hmm. speed, and apparently there were many, will love Jurassic Park. <laughs> the plot. Killer dinosaurs chase people around a park. People shriek. This continues for several hundred pages. <laughs> Hello, this isn't a novel. It's a situation. And an endlessly repetitive one at that. Oh no, dinos, danger, a narrow escape, and then the heroes win another mile, and oh no, more dinos, more danger, and another narrow escape. And then they keep going. Can you believe it? They see more dinos and have a narrow escape! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Fuck! In addition, we have Crichton's usual characters, one-dimensional bad guys, one-dimensional good guys, and worst of all, the Crichton mouthpiece. Yes, you know this man well, for he parades through each and every one of Crichton's novels, preaching Crichton's own Crichtonist philosophy and spouting oh-so-wise Crichtonisms at the other characters, who generally try to ignore him, as do I. In this tradition... In this rendition, he is masquerading as a wounded mathematician who lies around foretelling doom and chiding everyone for not respecting nature. Funny how a mathematician can sound exactly like an overrated Hollywood New Age author who can't write a plot to save his life. (laughs) This is sounding more and more like Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, well, no Jeff Goldblums were harmed in the making of the books Ian Malcolm, we'll say. (laughs) Um, so then I kept on scrolling and something else happened. Uh-huh. I, JLC's fangirl review from 1999 popped up. Okay. One star from 1999. Yeah, I mean, fuck me. Talk about a different time. Atrocious. SpongeBob was just getting started. 
I was forced to read this for class some years ago, and frankly, it's horrid. I found it dull and lacking in any literary flair. I, an insomniac, fell asleep reading this book. (laughs) Well, good. I didn't like the tone, language, or the plot. The only character I liked was Malcolm, and he died. Nice. Well, good. I, but don't look a gift horse in the mouth. This corrected a, a horrible illness. Yeah, that's a really, like, that's... You did it. You did it. You found a way. 21, 22 years ago. And, and you've been sleeping like a baby ever since. Anytime ever you, since. Anytime you start to have an insomnia relapse, you just crack open Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. And what's good for you is Michael Crichton's written lots of books. Yeah. They're all like that, as far as <laughs> I know. <laughs> what's hilarious is i can't i can't name another one there's mm, a bunch of movies too and so i can't many. that's the one i know so many so many how's new orleans didn't really sound like when the saints go marching in oh it didn't really sound like no that. that's what i was going for oh okay uh we got a one-star review from michael wilson for oceana grill in new orleans this is a restaurant that was featured on kitchen nightmares but that episode is now completely unwatchable except for on a chinese streaming service where you are inundated with a, a constantly scrolling stream of chat messages that's not in english sometimes it is sometimes <laughs> hilariously sometimes sometimes you'll see a nice word that's in english and then you you know you get some context It'll be a bunch of characters that it'll just be like ass. Ass. <laughs> Chicken. Gross. OMG. Devin. <laughs> Devin. Teresa. Uh, oh, it's so good. God, and it's only in 360p too, which somehow makes it better. And it has a it has a local Fox Network's watermark. I forget what the I forget you looked it up. I forget which one it is, but it has like Fox 43's watermark in the corner. <laughs> Kentucky, if I remember correctly. A Kentucky broadcasting (laughs) establishment. One star. One star from Michael. I think I said the full name earlier, but it's fine. One star from Michael. Michael's a local guide on Google. Thanks, Michael. Michael has 23 reviews, so we still are unclear on exactly what that means. It means nothing. (laughs) Nothing ever does. Tonight was very unpleasant. Tonight was a very unpleasant night when I ordered at the Oceana, one of the supposedly top restaurants in Louisiana, a sweet dish for dessert for me and my wife. I could not believe the unprofessionalism in this company to not only tell me they cannot accept cards over the phone, but they would rather have cash when the driver arrived. When the driver arrives, I had him a $20 bill and he says he cannot give me change. And so I am at this point very upset that he can't give me change. Yes, I would have loved to tip, but not $10. Furthermore, we call his manager Danny, and Christina was the one who said they cannot take cards by phone. Danny reiterated when I call and says to me, we can only accept exact cash. I tell Mr. Danny I don't have exact cash. Christina never told me or expressed this business practice, so the driver is upset. I'm upset and furious at this point that I'm on my honeymoon, on our honeymoon, (laughs) <laughs> what? What? Whoopsie daisy. Whoopsie daisy there, we- Mike. <laughs> you got to remember to backspace, Mike. We have to take 20 minutes from each other for this unprofessional business practice. Vac Oceana has expressed tonight. This shows us that they do not care about their clients. My only options were exact change and that's it. They accept cards. The driver told me they that today and this was the first time today that he had to take exact cash 
Why they could not get it right with us as a business and as a company, we have no idea. I hope this changes in the near future when we come back to Louisiana. Well, okay. Um, taking 20 minutes away from your brand new spouse on your, I mean, y'all's honeymoon. <laughs> I just don't know if that's the leverage. I don't know if that has the leverage you're looking for, Mike. We will, however, tell everyone that we know on social media, word of mouth, how awful of experience we have with Oceana. As a whole, as a business, as a service, very disappointing. Like, because there's valid points. I'm not saying that you don't have any valid points. It sounds like you had a very frustrating experience. I'm just saying that you should proofread and backspace, Mike. I'm just saying it sounds like you took 20 more minutes writing a big review and then couldn't be fucked to put a period. And I bet your spouse was like, Mike, can we just go? Like, can we just let it go? Like, come on. Come on, honey. I just I finished with the rose petals. The bath is drawn. It's a small bathtub, but we'll make it work. But we're going to make it work. And just I just Mike, my eyes are up here. (laughs) Mike. Again. I just I and I love picturing that moment where Mike was like, "Okay, how does how honey, how does this sound?" And, and and he starts reading it out loud and gets to that part and she has to be like, "Our honeymoon." <laughs> oh, sorry. Our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh so one of the themes in the Kitchen Nightmares episode is rats. <laughs> Which is it's it's honestly interesting because there's despite it being like a a, ki- a bad restaurant staple, uh, there's only two episodes I can think of of Kitchen Nightmares that even feature rats. Hmm. The famous toast, the mouse in the toaster is actually uh, 24 Hours to Hell, so that's a later show. <laughs> uh, there's the mouse in Blackberries that he finds right next to the door, and then there's this one, which is an episode that you can't watch. <laughs> and uh, there's a shitload of rats. Like it's a core staple of the episode is is their rat problem. It's like the only time they've done it, so it just stands out. Uh, one star from Aubrey. Aubrey's from Atlanta. He's on TripAdvisor. Disgusting place with huge rats. <laughs> I will go ahead and say there were a fuckload of reviews about rats, which I've never seen before. Yikes in a way. In one of these episodes. I've never seen that. So many. And again, nobody knows the episode even. Nobody knows the Kitchen Nightmares episode even exists. Yeah. So these are all, this is just a trend. Oh, dear. This is an honest and accurate review of this restaurant. Okay. My wife and I had a late flight last night and decided to walk to this restaurant since it was open past 11 p.m. And our honeymoon. (laughs) As we were about to be seated, people began screaming, hollering, and running as chaos erupted in the restaurant. I initially thought a fight was breaking out until a rat the size of a cat was running towards me. I jumped out of the way as it went by. My wife jumped into a seat at the bar. There were people running out the door and some even on top of tables as two rats cleared out an entire section of the restaurant near the bar area and kitchen. People in the main seating area didn't have a clue to what was going on as they all stayed seated while eating. It was mad crazy, but funny at the same time. I um... After seeing the rats running, I no longer wanted to eat there and we left. As we left, everyone that had run outside was trying to recover from the panic attach that they had just had. Pest control needs to be brought in immediately to correct this problem. I, uh, it was a dinosaur? It might have been, this might have been it a was, scene from Jurassic Park. It, it was the Jaws the Shark? Mm-hmm. I just, what, you've, what, have you, what you've described here, my friend. Uh-huh. It doesn't, uh, rats are scary. Yeah, maybe. But it seems intense. <laughs> 
It's like that scene from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where the squirrel shows up and everyone goes bug fuck. Yeah. Um, um, except it's two two rats in an otherwise unassuming restaurant. Yeah. In, and in you the have to. The French Quarter. Sc- what, what I'm curious about is screaming and fleeing the restaurant. <laughs> like, as though there was, like, the thing inside of the restaurant. Yeah. As, as, as though a blob monster was about to emerge from the windows of the restaurant. Yeah. I, I, running and screaming isn't something that we're really supposed to do in our society unless there is a big danger. I guess I wouldn't run and scream, but I, I guess I would sort of anxiously leave. I would then get you. You, I, don't, you don't think you'd then get a crab etouffee and like have a great time? Yeah, no. I would. I would definitely pull my feet up onto my chair, and when I saw an opportunity <laughs> to go, I would. But I just like running, screaming, mob mm. of ostensible grown-ups. Mm-hmm. I I don't know is the appropriate response to two rats at a restaurant. <laughs> What I mean, they were just stopping by for drinks. They it's just, their honeymoon. They just wanted a two top and a and a bread pudding. Yeah. Okay. They saw the person pissing outside and said, "This is a good restaurant. <laughs> Give me a two top and some Chardonnay." <laughs> Mickey just wanted a bread pudding for his honey. Their honeymoon. Their honeymoon. One star from Maritza A. Son Yelp. The food is not good, but they charged me for a drink that spilled and was not our fault. We were taking a video of the drink, and it flew from my daughter's hand. Okay, bud. Either the table was slippery or the drink was really wet. Oi, your daughter dropped it. No, either the table was slippery or the drink was really wet. Wait, wait was it sitting on the table? The, the Supreme Court has roundly stated, roundly stated, that if the drink is wet... It is the restaurant's responsibility. I I was like really ready to be on your side because I maybe like maybe a server spilled it as it was coming to the table and that'd be kind of shitty. They should go get you a new one. But no, your daughter dropped it and that's fine. I drop things all the time. We have to, again, we just have to own up to our actions and move on. Now they were taking a video, remember? We showed the manager and he didn't even care. (laughs) Can you imagine being a manager of a, of a dining establishment and somebody shows you their cell phone video of somebody dropping a glass and you're <laughs> like, I mean, that's pretty good. I don't know if it's going to fly on America's Funniest Home Videos. You might like, you might need to add some music or something, but you no, know. Do you see how wet the table is? Do you see how wet the table is? <laughs> it flew out of her hand. The table's really wet. I, you know, the camera didn't pick it up. So I don't, I just don't think this is going to get a lot of clicks. It's actually just a reflection of the chandelier, the on the table no i'm looking at myself looking at me in the table and i'm having a reflective moment and oh my god am i like this yeah oh no yeah oh what is what have i become here um this is peter benchley's what have we done i think i think this could help where you're at right now (laughs) fucking peter benchley peter benchley nobody nobody told me that dude's name was peter benchley of course his name is peter benchley Real estate and extramarital affairs. <laughs> the offices of Peter Benchley, Esquire. <laughs> One star from French Child. French Child's from Hampton, Virginia. It's on TripAdvisor. French Child is from France. No, from Hampton, Virginia. France. Tourist trap and do not go if you like good food. I wanted to try all the hot spots in the French Quarter, but I'm sorry. I appreciate good food regardless if it's cheap or expensive. This place, like most of the restaurants in the French Quarter, are not worth the time. This place served oysters on a half shell out of a jar. 
and I just don't feel like people are fucking listening to me. I can't say it enough times. The shit comes in a bag. <laughs> it all comes in a bag. So wait, were those the oysters that our friend from earlier was just licking the table for? Yeah. So there were, I mean, that was my bit. But yeah, there were uh, a number. There was one specific review by someone who clearly knew what they were talking about. I totally believe it. Where they got the oysters on the half shell that everyone genu- ge- generally raves about because they're drunk and don't know any better probably or they've been having hurricanes or they're actually good who knows i don't fucking care who fucking knows but they very carefully explained look i got these oysters the shells are smaller the shells are smaller than the oysters and the connective membrane is missing oh no so like these are oysters that they bought separately cleaned they put the they put the actual meat on them and then they re-clean the shells and use them again like that's that's what's happening is that is that's not typical, right? I well, I mean, is that food safe? Is that what we're supposed to do once our friend from earlier has had their tongue in all the crevices? I can't. It all comes in a oh, bag. What? I can't say it enough times. Oh, <laughs> the oysters God. come in a big pouch. It's cracking the whole thing wide open, and I just don't think we're ready for it as citizens of this nation. <laughs> and then they get the bag of the clean shells, and they pour those out, and they put the oysters on the shells, and they give them to you, and that's what's happening. And then Christine. Gets their tongue in every single crevice. And nobody share this episode with Oceana Grill because we will get sued twice. Yeah, I, and we can we can't listen. We we will get. We don't sued. have the capital for that. And then the only place you'll find this episode is on a Chinese streaming service where it'll be littered with comments. Devin. Devin. <laughs> and we're gonna end on this one. It's a one star review from Venetia, Venetia, from two months ago. Food wasn't good at all. We had to slip a 20 to the woman at the door to get a table. Wow. To which I thought, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you, I don't know who that woman was. <laughs> I think, nope, that wasn't to get a table. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that, that was, was not an employee of the establishment. That was someone. Who tried, now has $20. <laughs> who now has a new pack of cigarettes. Or a hurricane. Or a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, that was somebody working their side hustle pretty well, just going restaurant to restaurant, pretending to, <laughs> pretending to take covers for <laughs> food establishments with no live music. <laughs> That's a good fucking racket. Jeez. Um, oh, that was my favorite one. That was on Yelp too. It's a fine establishment. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, the best thing that you can do is tell a friend. Um. Yeah. You remember that time a Yelp Elite user just openly said that they walked into a restaurant and vommed right next to the bathroom? Didn't make it to the bathroom. Um, but don't worry, they weren't drunk. I'd like to thank you. I'm talking for Bebop Molecule, which is our little ad break music. I'd like to thank Desire for Green Lights, which is the song you're about to hear. And as always, Steve Combs for Drag Chain, which is our fucking bop of an intro. We've got merch. If you hung in there for an episode that is currently at an hour 30... So we're going to have fun with this one tomorrow. Um, if you hung in there and you want to buy some merch, we got that. Yes. It's, designed by uh, humans. That dot was com slash yeah. shop. Slash. Critic everyone. That was the next step. Sorry. I got a little lost in the thought there. That's all right. I'd like to thank brother <laughs> of the show, Oliver Twist, resident orphan for making our artwork. Uh, if you'd like artwork of your own, you can reach out to him at beastcoastarts at gmail.com. Um, 
there's only about three months until Christmas. About uh, probably about ninety shopping days left until Christmas. It is September twenty fifth, so Give somewhere or take. in there. Uh, if you want any Christmas recommendations, I am putting together a list. You'll be seeing it in O Magazine here in about a month. So you know what's funny? Yeah, it's today is the birthday of my Michael Crichton high school boyfriend. Oh huh. yeah, yeah. What a small world. Does that related to the? birth of our lord and savior no you just said it was september 25th and i thought huh oh it is yeah funny how it all comes around and funny how it all comes together Uh. on that note is there something else i think i did music music. i did music i did brother we did friend we updated everyone christmas Christmas. on that note we'll catch you next wednesday